Hello and welcome to Earworm Island. I'm Jeff White. On each episode, I invite my guests to imagine marooning their worst enemy on a desert island, accompanied only by the most terrible records ever made. This week, I'm joined by BBC Tech reporter Zoe Kleinman. Zoe, thanks for joining me. Hello, Jeff. Thanks for having me. So has this been uh, quite a challenge for you to rummage out uh, awful music or did you have stuff in mind generally? You... Somebody likes to torture yourself with terrible songs? <laughs> it, well, I have two small children who are quite good at torturing me oh. with terrible songs. I think I started out thinking, oh, this is going to be really easy because there's so much terrible <laughs> music out there. But it's not as easy no. as you exactly. think. And, and exactly. what I've discovered, and this is quite a nice thing, is that some music that I have written off in my head as being quite bad isn't mm. that bad after all? I thought, can, can, can I really, can I, you know, is it reasonable of me to assign this to the bin of rubbish? No, I'm not sure that it is. So, you know, you've, you've actually given me more faith in, in bad music, if you like, than, uh, than I was expecting to get. The, the kids, though, the kids thing is interesting because they are an endless supply of earworm terribleness. They just have such much a higher tolerance than adults for just awful music. Is there something that they've been listening to that's, 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 that's got your goat over the years? Well, yes. I mean, there are so many things. I think most kids' <laughs> theme tunes are awful, aren't they? And they yes, just yeah. bury themselves in your brain and you find yourself, you know, singing them at the most inopportune moments because it just because you've heard the, the theme from Poor Patrol so many times <laughs> that it, it just comes out. Yep, um, yep. But what I'm finding currently with them is that they are uh, discovering pop music that I had long forgotten about. I don't know where it's coming oh, from. I don't right, know where it's coming from, right? Because I think I feel like they're getting it from their friends. So somebody within their circle of friends, <laughs> it's got to be a grown-up, is, is, in, is infecting them with this <laughs> dreadful music that we never needed to hear again. And now we've got... Uh, uh, an Amazon Echo in the lounge and you know I've, I've lost control complete control of, of the sound <laughs> oh, so I, I turn my back and it's oh Alexa can you play and you think oh <laughs> not again please not again and they, that's the thing now they have access without even having to type anything in they can literally just shout whatever song they want to hear that's ruinous yeah, it is pretty bad. And mine are quite small as well. So hmm. um, there's a song on the Echo that's called, I should know what it's called, but I'm sort of blocking out. It's called something like the Poop Song. And mm -hmm. that is the cause of so much hilarity in my house. It's, it's awful. I mean, everything about it is awful. It's as gross as it sounds. It's just not the sort of thing you want to be listening to when you're trying to eat your dinner. You know, unless you're six or nine years old, in which case it's the perfect yes. accompaniment to, to everyday life. I made the mistake recently of I, I'd heard a lot about Baby Shark, um, oh, yes. but just because we don't have kids, I'd, I'd never listened to it, never heard of it. Um, so I thought, well, wonder what this thing is about. And I just, I, I, I can't believe I inflicted this on myself and was this stupid. I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just see what it's all about, and that's it. That's it. So you could never go back, you know. That's quite. A, yeah. That is quite an admission, Jeff, that you voluntarily <laughs> subjected yourself to Baby Shark. <laughs> It's like, it's like, I wonder what waterboarding's like. I'll just, I'll get a flannel, get a flannel, go in the bathroom. I mean, were happens. you trying to punish yourself? Had something bad happened? <laughs> oh, God. Um, so anyway, so yes, right, getting back to, to Earworm Island. Um, so you've got a stock of songs uh, yes. to play. Who, yes. who are we sending to Earworm Island? Who's, 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 who are we inflicting this on? So I thought long and hard about this as well. Uh, who do I want to send? Because, I, you know, frankly, I have quite a long list of uh, various people that I would like to be as far away from as possible. But 
I'm not going to be that mean uh, to individuals. So I think some I've of it's settled... from. Sorry, having having read some of your tweets and kept up with that, I think some some PR companies that contact you with wonderful proposals for news that you should cover. I'm presuming some of them were in the frame. Yeah, not I naming think, any names, but no, let's not. I think I think that there are some PRs who just think I'm a bit of a soft touch. I'm sure that I get the, you know, the real dregs of please write about our thing or you know please please. Uh, Please, please let us tell you more. And it's either something that's completely irrelevant to me. It's got absolutely mm. nothing to do with me um, or, or indeed my beat, which is technology at all. Or it's such a tenuous link to something that <laughs> might vaguely have something to do with tech. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- but the confidence that they have, I wish I was that confident, you know, that I could just throw that in an email. And then when I don't get a reply forward it again with yes, the immortal yeah, yeah. phrase just floating this to the top of your inbox like, what, what, like, a, like a turd is that what it's doing you know, why, why do you want to float this to the top of my inbox it was buried down there for a reason <laughs> but the wonderful thing now is you can reply with a poo emoji so I mean that's up, that's, that's up to you that's, that's an option for you oh, I should have that as my out of office shouldn't I I should just stick that on <laughs> if it's this <laughs> just leave me alone it's a floater oh god right so okay so we're not send the PR people sorry I really no, interrupted well, you who have no, you settled on I mean, they can go. They'd probably do quite a good job of making it sound amazing. Um, <laughs> but they're not going to go. Um, although, you know, it is going to be a social media uh, type who I'm going hmm. to send. And that type is the mansplainer. Uh, now, before we go any further, Zoe, obviously, I've got to just explain to you and the listeners what mansplaining, yes, <laughs> what mansplaining well, is. My job, I feel, in this context. Yeah, well, you, you are the best equipped to do it, Jeff. Do, do go ahead. <laughs> No, no. So go on, mansplain. Just for those who, who those who haven't come across this. So yeah. So the mansplainer is basically the guy on Twitter normally, but other channels as well, who will get in touch with you, often responding to something you said by either explaining mm. to you what you've mm. just said or trying to tell you something related to what you've just said that is so obvious that everyone would know it. That's that kind of guy. <laughs> and, and also, I'd like to branch out a little into um, the special kind of man's Ben, who's also the reply guy. And what these are, are they are always guys, in my experience, <laughs> that, and they just reply to everything, everything you write ever. The oh, first right. thing you get is your reply guy who will pop up and say something <laughs> totally inane or, you know... Um, <laughs> in some way turning everything around to make it about himself um <laughs> unsolicited there they are they just pop up all the time do you get reply guys jeff or is this a is this a woman thing i th- i uh, well the, the fact that it's mansplaining i, I don't think it'd be a surprise <laughs> to, f- to find out i think this happens a lot more to female female public figures than it does men so, but so you I, don't mansplain to each other you don't sit there going let let me tell you a bit more about what you just said <laughs> No, 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 no. So, because we as men, we all know about stuff. We don't need, we don't need filling in. <laughs> but surely the fact that whether or not you know, that's not the point though, isn't it? Isn't the point to just tell you anyway? Uh, that's, actually, that's true. Yes. Why do, is there mansplaining? Man on mansplaining could be, could be <laughs> well, the term. I, I want to know. Now that we've had this chat, I want you yes. to be extra alert to this and, and let me know if you are the subject of a mansplain. <laughs> I bet you are. I bet it's kind of a bit more stealthy with men. Possibly, you know. yeah. So you're going to send, okay, so you're going to send mansplainers to the yes, island. Please, it, yes. Actually, an individual, it be an individual example of a mansplainer. Uh-huh. Oh, this is, yes, this has got, this has got fertile territory for earworm island torture. Because I think your typical mansplainer will, will be the sort of person who thinks they'll be able to handle island life, I kind of get the feeling. Like, oh yes, this will be a doddle. You know, I was in the scouts, etc. I don't know, I just have this image of a mansplainer as being, yeah. you know. 
sort of a little, I think bit of hubris. Too. I think that too. I was thinking that, you know, it, it's got to be, it's got to be somewhere confusing because their instinct is going to be that they've seen it all before and they understand it better than anyone else. And, you know, like you said, like they've once camped outside in the back garden and therefore they're Bear grills or whatever. So um, I want it to be confusing. And um, I recently discovered one of the most horrifying and confusing creatures I think I've ever heard of that's, you know, real, not in sci-fi. Mm. And this was from watching uh, Planet Earth on the BBC. Um I, I wish I could tell you whereabouts in the world this thing lives, but I, I'm afraid I can't remember that. I was too traumatized by what it actually was. What it is, it's called the, it's called, it's called the spider, something like the spider, the evil spider horned viper or something. I'm, I'm assuming that evil is, is Latin for something. G- giving, giving a lot away in the name now, aren't yeah, they? They're not well, sort of yeah, hiding under a bushel. Because, you know. right, not only is it a deadly snake, which is horrific in itself but also and it's massive um, Mm. but also the end of its tail looks like a giant spider right (laughs) and what it does is it hangs out in its little like cave on the sort of cliff edges and it and it waves its fake pretend spider tail about and then Uh birds see it and go oh that looks like a tasty bit of lunch i think i'll uh i'll go and have a bit so they they fly on in thinking your dinner is served and actually they are dinner because when they get close enough the snake the viper thing zips out of its hole from you know where it's been watching and and eats the bird how what like nature is cruel isn't it that is brutal that is brutal so the, 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 the island's gonna be populated with snake spiders yeah for just a to start. keep you on your toes right <laughs> <laughs> you know you can't you can't get complacent with these guys Talking of strange creatures, so you, 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 as as they battle, as the mansplainer battles with the snake spider, evil yeah. snake spider thing, um, there's going to be a, a, a song erupt into life. What have you chosen for the uh, for the first first one? Oh yeah, so my first song is is inspired by my children and their love of putting awful music on uh, on the family uh, smart speaker, and it is the Crazy Frog by Axel F. I remember this one. I not, I not only remember the Crazy Frog version, I remember the original Axe Left when it came out in the, what would it be, the 80s, late 80s. Yeah, I remember the original as well. And, and I had sort of forgotten about this, but someone told my nine-year-old about it. And now not only is it the first song on his little playlist that he's made for himself, it's pretty much the only song on his playlist because we, we just get that one. And then he goes, oh, I love that, Mum, I love that. But Alexa, play it again. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Everything about it is annoying, isn't it? The pace, the oh. noise. Yep. The video's yep. awful too. Remember that really hideously ugly frog with the flying goggles? I mean, what? Yes. What's yeah, going yeah. on? Like, well, who, who came up with this? God, yes. This was the ringtone, wasn't it? Crazy Frog was a, started out as a ringtone. Yes, you're right. It was a ringtone. It was a ringtone. I don't even remember how we got ringtones on phones back in the day. <laughs> well, how did you do it? I don't know. It, it was it was the, the, the era of the Nokia phones, I think, when, you yeah. you know, downloading and having a ringtone was considered something cool and not you really, buy them, really fucking you? irritating. Like, they yes. cost loads of money and you'd get this little downloaded file. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. And there was an estimate, I think this song, the estimate on the BBC News, no less, BBC News site, was 10 million 
pounds, I think, that this, this, this thing earned, this, this wow. ringtone earned. I did. Wow. I was interested when when you brought this up as a, as a song choice. I just got quite interested in it, and I didn't realise that the backstory to this is quite weird. There was a guy who, um, a Swedish guy who wanted to record the sound his friends mopeds made. You know that sound that mopeds yeah. make. So he recorded a clip of himself impersonating that. Somebody else then got hold of it and added the animation to it. And that then went viral. This this creature doing this ing 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 sound, and then it then it got picked up by a marketing agency who said, "Oh, great ringtone territory." Um, and um, yeah, there's a great quote. This is this is on Wikipedia, so it's got to be true. The guy who did the actual animation said, "If I had known this was going to be such a big thing, I would not have allowed them to use the stupid name Crazy Frog. It has nothing to do with the character. It's not a frog, and it's not particularly crazy either." <laughs> It's not a frog. What is it then? Well, if you look at it, it's kind of no, it isn't. It's just a sort of it frogish. But he didn't design it as a frog. He designed it as a as a, as a new creature. That that is so interesting, isn't it? How fate it? how fate plays its part. Now I'm looking at I've fra- I've frozen the video, so I'm just looking at a still, and you, it's a bit kind of golemy almost, isn't it? Yeah, it could have yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings overtones to it, which would obviously give it <laughs> vast credibility, which it doesn't deserve. But Lord Lord of the Ring tones, it's there. Yeah. It's all there. <laughs> oh my word! There's a business for us. I think I think this is good. This is good territory for our mansplainer as well. I think uh, I think having this belting out of the speakers would, would be quite satisfying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so because I'm not sure how. In fact, I do know exactly how long the song is. It's two minutes and fifty three seconds, I believe. <laughs> and, and I think hearing that a few times would would, yeah. would probably start to. Uh, to to great well I know it does because it happens to me all the time so yeah I'm quite happy for the mansplainer to um, you could to, ha- to be greeted by that you could have it so that so that every time the mansplainer's thought process turns towards explaining something that song just erupts you could have some sort of ECG monitor that mag- magically detects when the mansplainer's about to mansplain and just think, brings in crazy frog do you think it would work like a sort of Pavlov dog type maneuver yes. yeah <laughs> possibly possibly him. yeah <laughs> Yes. And so, yes, we need to talk about the islands. So, um, so, uh, oh, by the way, I mean, the mansplainer obviously um, has reached the island uh, somehow. Is there there a sort of opening scene of, you know, going up the beach or being, how how does the mansplainer get onto the island? Oh, yeah. uh, well, I did wonder about that. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure whether the mansplainer has has been sort of shipwrecked in some way. I mean, I have oh, quite a yes. romantic notion of shipwrecks, where you sort of cling on to an, hmm. uh, I don't know, a keg of. Basically, this is this is based around like 18th century um, <laughs> smugglers' tales, isn't it? I'm yes, sure being shipwrecked yes. is nothing like this at all. You know, sort of clinging to some um, barrel of ale and washing up on a beautiful shoreline. So I'm not sure it's nothing like that at all. But I think, yes. you know, I think I think he's I think he's sort of got there by mistake. I don't think hmm. he's meant to, he's meant to be there um and and i was thinking about you know how, how i want this island to be because originally i was thinking um obviously i don't want it to have any wi-fi or connectivity because yes that, of course that immediately minimizes the opportunity to mansplain doesn't it yes. as well as yes, get any form yes. of help yeah. which you yeah. know, i don't want him to have yet um but then i thought um the tricky thing about that and and i used to live in a very rural part of dorset so i know what i'm talking about here you know when there's no connectivity at all you just kind of accept it and get on with your life and it's okay you know yes. you're like well i won't check my phone because there's not gonna be anything yes, on my phone I won't, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no there's nothing there's nothing i can do so i'm just gonna you know ignore it so mm-hmm. um but i don't want that i i want 
I want maximum irritation. So mm. I think what I want is is the eternal um, promise of connectivity. You know, when you get that like <laughs> half a bar, or you get the little yes. H symbol just flickering there with the, with, the, with, the, with the promise of uh, of mobile internet that never quite materializes, and you think <laughs> this is the time. And maybe you occasionally get that little message that goes checking for whatsapp messages and you're like yes, <laughs> yes somebody's contacting me somebody wants something fun somebody's going to share something brilliant with me but you never actually find out what it is because the signal's not quite strong enough to get it through oh, so i think brilliant. i think that's yes. quite an important element of this island yes yeah yeah and i was thinking as well if your mansplainer sort of turned up there after a shipwreck it could be that you know he had a good idea for how the boat should work which totally crashed the boat and caused the shipwreck. So yes. he's got to live with the fact that his uh, his superior views on how the ship should be run has actually caused him to be marooned now on this island. I think that'd be quite, yeah, quite sweet that, revenge. that bright there. idea that sort of yeah. hundreds of years of ship building architecture uh, had failed without him, possibly he could spend a little <laughs> bit of time considering that maybe people knew what they were talking about when they, you know, made the hull a certain shape or whatever. <laughs> I, I think actually we can do better than this, crash. <laughs> <laughs> but All it's right. a confidence so, trick as well, isn't it? You know, you have to be yes. confident enough to be able to do that. I probably wouldn't be. I'd be like, you know, I've never built a ship before. I don't know a lot about building ships. So I'm going to let the experts tell me how to build a ship. No, no, no. This guy, <laughs> yep. this guy yep. knows how to do it. He was born ready. <laughs> right. Next song we're going to play. We're going to inflict on uh, on our, our our wound mansplainer. Gave you all I had and you tossed it in the trash. You tossed it. You know what, Bruno? If you want to do something useful, can you take out the bins? Or, you know, go and get a pint of milk from the garage or look after the baby for half an hour? Like, you know, getting yourself dramatically killed really doesn't help anybody, does it? Do you know what I mean? You're right. You're right. There is a sort of slight thing of, you know, just make yourself useful. Make yourself useful, Bruno. Yeah. If you love yeah. me that much, can you get me a ham sandwich? You know? <laughs> So that's Bruno Mars' grenade. So that, that's the, the plot of the song, basically, is he's going to, he's going to sort of <laughs> kill himself out of love for you. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, he's going to... And also, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, some parts of the world are, are more uh, brutal than others, but it's, it's hmm, not hmm. easy to find a grenade. Like, <laughs> you know, he's really, really got out of his way. I'm going out with a guy so, yeah. who's, who's in the armed forces, right? And we don't have any grenades. So <laughs> where's he going to get this grenade? Where, is there a stash you know and 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 is that safe is that legal i I don't think you can just casually throw grenades about to to prove your love can you you're right i mean you know i, mean, I am old maybe you can these days but there's a considerable process here of, you know i love you so much that i've gone onto the dark web found a supplier got some bitcoin <laughs> bought the grenades yeah. <laughs> blown up the grenades that's how much i love you that's yeah. That's the oh, you, you've made a real mess of the sofa here. Thanks, Bruno. Like, how am I going to get all this splatter out, you know? You really haven't thought this through. I, I, I'm not sure I want to date you anymore. <laughs> 
Does this does your ire extend to Bruno Mars in general? Are you just not a Bruno Mars fan? Because I'm not familiar massively with his work. Is, is it all like this? Uh, but I, I can't say that I'm familiar with all of it. Um, there, hmm. there is another one, isn't there, that was really popular. That's like, um, let's just get married. And it's right. like, I've just met you and you're beautiful and it's a gorgeous evening. Oh, yes. And we're feeling a bit mad, probably a bit drunk. I don't know. Like, <clears> yeah, to hell with it. Let's get married. And I'm like, <laughs> you haven't been married, have you? You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I was married once. And uh, and let me tell you, it's not something you want to do on a whim. <laughs> so basically your advice to Bruno Mars would be, you know, think of the tax implications, you know, have you thought this through, you know, yeah. what about a joint account, you know, there's going to be you know, ramifications. Yeah. Yeah. Are you both on the same page regarding things like pensions and mortgages? You know, these are all <laughs> very don't... romantic discussions to be had. <laughs> so we're inflicting Bruno Mars on our, on our marooned mansplainer, I like yeah. that. Um, and in terms of the island, I mean, we thought about sort of climate, what the weather's going to be like, you know, what the geography, what, what, how do you picture this in your mind, this place? Because it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the classic, you know, sunny palm trees, desert island. You can do what you like. No, well, um, I, I don't think there's an awful lot to do because um, I don't want it to be intellectually stimulating in any sense. Yes, of um, I was thinking that actually I would quite like it to be populated by um, incredibly strong, intelligent, beautiful women um, <laughs> just to um, explain at, at length yes. to him, you know, why his boat design was rubbish <laughs> and, um, and, and, why, and, and why he needs to listen to Bruno Mars again. Um, but it's, I don't I don't know about that. I'm not sure if, you know, in, in well, times of need, whether it, whether that would actually be something quite interesting. <laughs> well, that's the thing. you could have you could have sort of dimly flickering holograms of those people popping up oh, yes. every now and again. So yes. they're not actually there. There's no, no prospect of meeting these people or God forbid seducing any of them. It's just sort oh, of, no. you know, yes, just, that's just not a sort a bad of idea. vague reminder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's got to be like, um, I think it's got to be one-way comms, hasn't it? You know, he can't get yes, into a conversation yes. with them. They can talk to him. They can sort of broadcast <laughs> to him, but he can't reply. Oh, this is Good mean, stuff. isn't it? <laughs> All right, so the next song we're going to play, is there a particular particular time when you think this song should pop up, this one? Do you, is there a particular time of day or particular mood that you think this song would fit in with? So I have to admit, I hesitated about this because mm. I don't hate it particularly. Um, but what greats is, is its intense overuse for about a month of the year. Um, the song is The Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues, which is not a bad song. I quite like it. You know, the first time I hear it, so when do you start hearing it? In November, mm -hmm. beginning of December, I think, oh, that's great to hear that. I haven't heard that for a while. I do like the song. I like I like the Pogues. I like Kirsty McCall. Um, you know, it, it's a weird choice for a Christmas song, but okay. Mm -hmm. And then 48 hours later, I'm thinking, oh, God, I really don't want to hear this song ever again. Because it's suddenly everywhere, isn't it? It's like there's a mm -hmm. national mm -hmm. fairy tale of New York Day when it's on every radio station. It's on yep. the adverts. It's, in, it's on TV shows for sort of festive atmos. Um, you know, you yep. can't yep. get away from it. Yep. And... And and that for me just does me in in the end. Let's give it a blast. Go on, Pogues Hotel of New York. I love you, baby. I can see a better time when all our dreams come true.
there's a question about the lyrics, isn't it? The lyrics are a bit questionable. Well, yeah, it's more enlightened. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some quite harsh lyrics, but I think this is the thing. I mean, you're funny enough. You're not the first person to choose the fairy tale of New York. There is somebody else who's gone for that, and I think it's because it's got the reputation as being the edgy Christmas song. You know, this is a sort of song that's. It's not Christmassy, it's a bit edgy, and I think that's why people like it and they play it, because it seems the antidote to a Christmas song, even though it is now absolutely Christmas. Is it true Christmas. that it was never meant to be a Christmas song? Is it this one? Really? I'm not sure. I thought I'd read somewhere that it, it, it wasn't really supposed to be a Christmas song, and then suddenly it was. Or maybe I'm thinking of something else, I don't that, know. I mean, there's, there's not a massive amount of Christmassy stuff in it, is there? Yeah. Let's face it. It's, it's pretty that makes bleak, sense. really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'd like it. If I heard it once a month, you know, strategically throughout the year, I'd probably really like it. It would probably be up there in my, somewhere on my favourites playlist. But the fact that I hear it 9,000 times in December, it, it sort of loses its charm for me. So I don't hate the song itself. I hate what we do to it. Let's, uh, let's pause that one for the moment then. Yeah, no, that's... Um... Yes, it's interesting with the Christmas songs. I do think there's a there's a, a shortage of supply of Christmas songs of classics, but because it only comes around once a year. There's not a massive incentive, I don't think, to write Christmas songs necessarily. So I just feel we're short of them. And, we don't and, have them anymore, do we? Are all Christmas songs at least twenty years old? Yeah, that's true. Is a, like, a recent? The last recent Christmas song I can remember is "Don't Let the." Bells end by the darkness. Oh, do you remember yeah, but, the darkness? But, yes, I do remember that. <laughs> that's got to be like ten years plus. I know, I know, I, mean, I know, I know. Um, Cliff used to do one every year, didn't he? That that. Stopped. Oh, that's true. We need a reliable. We need a banker, a reliable banker who yeah. comes out with one at least one new one every year. Even if it's awful, at least it's different. I'm yeah. kind of surprised that they sort of. Who are, who are our kind of young crooners? You know, like Ed Sheeran, maybe, who mm, could do a Christmas song. Mm, yeah, yeah, that would yeah, work. yeah. Or, um, oh, Bruno Mars could do one. <laughs> Bruno Mars! <laughs> Actually, what you could do is we could make a deal with Bruno Mars as a nation and say, OK, Bruno, you're allowed out once a year. There'll be a Christmas song. You've all year to write it. We'll all yeah. buy it. And then... Yeah. But, just one new, fresh one a year, but nothing else. The 11 yeah. months, the other 11 months, no, nothing. <laughs> I love it. Do you think he'd go for it? I might go for that. You <laughs> basically get 11 months off, don't you? The deal, yeah, exactly, the deal with Bruno. I think it's got, I think it's got it going for it. I think we should contact Rishi Sunak and just say, Shall look, we? Can, we, can we spare some of the nation's money to do a deal with Bruno Mars? <laughs> Alternatively, <laughs> when you've finished furloughing everybody else, can we keep Bruno furloughed for a bit longer? <laughs> I know it's supposed to be October, but could we just tide him over a bit more? Because <laughs> that is brilliant. I, I'd you be could... happy to pay him eighty percent of his salary to not produce any more music for a bit. You could put that on a banner. Keep Bruno furloughed. <laughs> the Keep Bruno furloughed campaign. <laughs> a career in politics surely beckons. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Right, it is almost last song time um, for our, for our champion mansplainer who's on the uh, on the island. Um, I also wonder about so. Um, yeah, accommodation would be an interesting sort of issue, wouldn't it? Um, it had to be something where there's a constant sort of stream of problems with the accommodation. Oh, that, right. Well, I've got that, that stuff, be... Jeff. Okay, um, that's okay. going to be uh, airlifted to the island in the form of IKEA flat pack. We've got to build it. <laughs> nice. And it's not going to have all the bits, is it? There's going to no, be an essential uh, little <clears throat> wooden cylinder thing that's yes. missing. Um, probably yep. the Allen key doesn't quite fit. 
um, <laughs> yep. you know, and, and also there's a lot of packaging to dispose of. So that's going to have to be dealt with as well. Yeah, it's definitely yes. going to be some sort of flat pack monstrosity that he's got to build yes. himself and follow instructions. I think that's great. And I think you could have the thing with the, with the IKEA furniture where, you know, you I, I don't know, I'm quite sad. And I do unpack all the bits and make sure I've got them first. And, and there's a little thing where it says you should have three of this size of screw and five of this size of screw. And you look and they're all almost exactly the same. They should be tiny increments of difference where you should have, you should have seven 2.4 mil screws and eight 2.5 mil screws. So you can never quite work out which one should go where. Yeah, but, it, but it's there, a pivotal there's difference. There's always a bit that you just you don't know where to put it. You're like, well, what? <laughs> you built the whole thing, and you're like, well, what? What's this? And then it goes, <laughs> oh well, if you haven't got that, you can't lean against yes. the wall. It's t- it's dangerous. Your kids will fall on it. And you're like, but yep. but I don't know where to put it. Where, where's it supposed to go? <laughs> <laughs> the answer to all IKEA furniture I've discovered is gaffer tape and a, and a drill with some screws. You can always save yourself for that. Yes. And also, I don't know, does it have a like, I mean, my, my flat pack skills are not brilliant. So this could well be operator error, but I don't think I've ever had anything that's lasted more than a couple of years before it started no. to no. to fall apart well, a bit. It Basically, I just get the feeling, you know, it, it's all sort of made from, you know, if you sweep the sawdust from the factory floor and then you glue it all together, you get something that's effectively like composite. It's, it's all kind of that. Uh, yeah. And as soon as as soon as one of the screws goes, whatever, and you're down to that stuff, it's basically it reminds me of shredded wheat, the stuff that's inside. <laughs> I was thinking of back. reformed ham, where you're just not quite, <laughs> quite sure what bits of the animal have ended up back in the stand again. But you know, it's it's not bad. I'll taste it. It's okay. <laughs> Mechanically recovered ham furniture. Right. Okay. So, so a mansplainer's on an island full of mechanically recovered ham furniture. Yeah. Um, and there's just one more song. I think this is. Uh, I think this is maybe every sunset, every time the sun goes down, it's this one. This is you've chosen Toto's Africa. I hear the drums are going tonight, and she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. Is that where do, where do you start? <laughs> where start do you with start? This. It's just everything that Africa isn't. It's, it's not got any <laughs> excitement or oomph or you know it's repetitive. It's just <laughs> oh, it. it I, I get it. I, and and Africa is a fantastic continent, but mm. this song just does not do it any justice at all. <laughs> Hurry, boy, it's waiting there for you. I feel like I'm probably going to get some grief about this because you're not allowed to hate on this song, are you? Musicians love this song. It's got enormous credibility. Has it? What is it about it? I'd like to know. Like, what is it about it? When I, I Googled it earlier... And there's some article from Gizmodo from a couple of years ago saying some scientist has said it scientifically. It's the perfect song. No, really? Well, what science I mean, is that? I know. What <laughs> indeed? What science is that? I, I'd I'd like to peer review that particular paper because I <laughs> strongly beg to differ. It's just, it's so insipid, isn't it? And it's another one that gets overplayed to death. We all, you know, it's been out since 1982, right? Mm. And and I reckon God, it must oh. be on a commercial radio station every hour of the day somewhere, mustn't it? You know, 
What I love about this is um, in the olden days, before people had travelled very much and before we had zoos and the internet and stuff, you'd see pictures that people have painted of exotic locales and they would try and paint an elephant, but basically from memory. So the elephant would have like, I don't know, knees at the front on the back and would have sort of you know proper teeth like a like a human teeth and stuff and and you just realize they'd never actually seen an elephant but they'd, they'd sort of heard about one i get the feeling a with, go. With, <laughs> that, that, with, that's classic mansplainer i don't need to see an elephant this is what it's like but for me toto i kind of get the feeling if there's a sort of element of this song that maybe they've never actually been there they've just sort of seen pictures of africa in books and have got yeah well yeah well a song about this place i mean this is kind of what it's like isn't it is yeah it, it was actually really written in a back bedroom in Penge. I mean, I don't know that, but it, I know what you mean. It's, it doesn't feel, it's, it lacks the ring of authenticity, doesn't it, somehow? <laughs> well, I think that's a, as you say, it's a fantastic thing to inflict on our on our mansplainer, because Toto is kind of, they're kind of mansplaining Africa to people, so that's quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. But it's just, it's just like, of all the things you could say about Africa, and there are mm. so mm. many things, aren't they? Stop going on about the rain. Stop going on about the rain. <laughs> You know, talk about something else. Talk about, like you said, the wildlife. Talk about, I mean, the tech. They've got some fascinating tech there. Maybe they didn't in 1982. You know, talk about how they do business. Talk about their cultures, their traditions, <laughs> their passions. Stop talking about the bloody rain. <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah, that is going yeah, there quickly. you go. I feel quite strongly um, about that one. <laughs> no shit. Um... <laughs> So anyway, so right, so we're, we're nearly we're nearly at the end. We've got one final thing. I mean, as a matter of course, our marooned uh, mansplainer, as all of our castaways do, gets the complete work of Dan Brown and a copy of Russell Brand's My Bookie Work. Um, but instead of instead of a luxury, we give them um, something they're going to be saddled with. What, what have you? What have you? What are you going to inflict uh, uh, saddle our mansplainer with? Right. So um, coming back to the idea of the eternal promise but never quite delivery of connectivity, of some mm-hmm. sort of internet connection. Um, I'm going to give the mansplainer um, the very latest and best uh, and, and, and most expensive smartphone device, mm. Mm. but it's got no offline capability at all. It only works <laughs> when it's connected. Nice, nice. And there's every now and again there's that tantalising one bar of signal that you get, or yeah. or the mysterious symbol that isn't three G or four G, but it's just, I think it's H or something. Yeah, what that is just the appears H? On your... H is, is, is just the, the the lamest, isn't it? The lamest <laughs> sort of. It's like it's like a breath of uh, it's like a breath of mobile internet. It's like me going. There you go. Yep, yep, yep. Did that open Twitter for you? Did it? <laughs> <laughs> Two kilobytes. That's all you need. Two kilobytes. Gosh. Well, I think that's fantastic. I think you've done a fantastic job uh, on our mansplainer. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed that enormously. I feel a lot better, actually. It's very cathartic. Exactly. Yes, that's the point of the show. Yes, folks, that is it for this episode of Earworm Ireland. I'd like to thank my guest, Zoe Kleinman, for coming on. Thanks for listening. Catch you again soon. (laughs) 